Hello, and welcome back to Greater Greener Georgia. I'm Alexis. And I'm Miles, and we're back with the latest updates on what's going on in Georgia. First off, it's been a crazy year so far in downtown Atlanta at the Georgia State Capitol, where the legislative session just ended on Monday. Lots of bills were passed at the last minute, and many of them will be impacting our environment in the months and years to come. To give us a brief update, I got to talk to Ali, our political director, to hear about what happened with some of the most important bills this year. Thanks so much for joining us for this week. It's great to have you back on our podcast. We know you're a number one fan. Okay, so let's start with kind of the negative stuff that happened so we can get that out of the way. What were some of the worst bills or like most concerning things that happened and passed this year in the legislative session? Yeah, so I mean, in many ways, I would say it was a disappointing and frustrating session. Um, I'd say that for GCV, one of the worst bills that passed that we were fighting super hard uh, to stop is what we called the bad neighbors bill. Uh, it was called House Bill 1150. And in short, it was written by these out of state large meat conglomerates that wanted to set up shop in Georgia, but they were well aware that we had strong policies in place that would make it hard for them to do that. So Georgia has, or I guess I should say now had one of the strongest right to farm laws in the country. And it protected farmers from newcomers who might you know, object to smells and sounds of country living. Um, but it also protected residents from large feeding operations, you know, coming and setting up shop. And really the way that our previous law worked is who is there first matters. So whether you're a local farmer or a resident, you are protected by this current law that's been in place for over 30 years. But passing 1150 means that if these large feeding operations set up shop and if they do not make any noticeable nuisances for about 24, it's 24 months, I believe, they are essentially safe from nuisance complaints. So basically this removes protections for existing farms and residents and gives new immunity um, from nuisance claims to these large industrial agriculture cor corporations. So that was one of the really concerning bills from the session. I'd also mention, you know, a few other disappointing bills that we were hoping to pass and make it through. Um, that did not make it make it through in the end. One was to protect the Okefenokee Swamp from being mined. I think y'all have done a, a next step. Yeah, so we have talked about that. And haven't they introduced, I feel like I've seen that Ossoff has introduced stuff on the national level about that. Yeah, there's been a lot of conversation about it. And this one was really exciting. It had bipartisan support, which as we all know, in Georgia legislature, you can't get anything done if you don't have mm -hmm. bipartisan support, um, but it died in committee. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of reasons why that happened that we don't have to get into, but that was disappointing. And then there was another couple of bills that related to coal ash and better regulating and the storage and disposal of coal ash that also did not pass. So I would say between those three bills, those are ones that we were really bummed about. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I'm obviously in the realm of environmental activism now that I work for GCV, but there was so much activism, you know, like it wasn't for a lack of trying that these bills didn't pass, but it's still a shame to see. But do you think that there's any chance that uh, they'll be brought back into session next year, maybe? Certainly. And I think, you know, our executive director, Briante, talks about this a lot, but we're doing a long game here, right? right? Um, it's not to say that we shouldn't show up in every single session bring out as many supporters as we can to talk about these issues and to fight as hard as we can, which is what we did this session. But we've got to remember that 
these things take a while to get through. So mm -hmm. the plan for all three of these, even the bad neighbors bill, um, our partners at the Georgia Water Coalition have a plan on how to still fight this, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not going to give up. Let's pivot to the happier things. What were some more positive things that happened this session to help kind of push our agenda forward at GCV? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. You know, I think it's easy to see the headlines in the AJC and see kind of, you know, the bad things that are happening, but there's a lot of good things happening at the Capitol in terms of bipartisan work, in terms of raising bills um, that have never really seen the light of day before. You know, we weren't able to push through any of our top priority bills, but we still have a lot to hold our heads high about this session. Mm -hmm. For me, the big takeaway is that we had more bills introduced about clean energy, equity than we ever have before. This was my first time showing it up at the Capitol in this way but there's a lot of folks that I've been working with that have been here a long time that said that that was something that we should be really proud of. There was so much bipartisan support with Republicans leading the way on some of these issues. There were, I'd say two to three bills related to removing barriers to electric vehicles and the solar market. And it was frustrating, they didn't pass. But again, we just talked about continuing to push this through in the long game. There were other bills that I think are worth mentioning that particularly address Georgia Power's high utility bills, now, these two bills were led by Democrats, so we were well aware that these weren't going to get passed through, mm -hmm. but sometimes you just have to start the conversation, right? Yeah. So one of them was led by Senator Nan Orak and Representative Becky Evans, and it was called the Ratepayer Subcharge Relief Act. And the focus of that is to try to implant Vogel's monthly charges, you know, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but customers are paying for the construction of nuclear reactors and spending mm -hmm. billions of dollars. So while these two legislators knew that this bill wouldn't go anywhere this time, it was really incredible that they were able to get this conversation going. Yeah. The other was one that GCV worked on quite a bit and kudos to Representative Spencer Fry of Athens for taking the lead on this one, along with a slate of Democrats. We're calling that bill the Georgians First Fund which would basically take a small percentage of Georgia Power's excess revenue to create a fund that would offer bill assistance programs, conservation programs, solar generation for low-income customers. So mm -hmm. both of these bills are starting a conversation that we think is really important to have. And so now, obviously, I have to ask, what happens next? How can people in Georgia stay involved on the legislative level? So the first thing that's important to note is our scorecard. So in the next couple of months, we'll be releasing our scorecard where all of your listeners can log on and see how their legislators voted on these issues that we were talking about. Accountability is a really important part of this work, right? So we really encourage you when we release the scorecard, maybe do another podcast episode on yeah. it. We can talk about what legislators were champions of our work and what legislators were, you know, really on the other end mm -hmm. of the equation. So that then goes into the question of what, what do we do about it, right? Mm -hmm we're making a strong pivot now to our elections work because it's important at GCV that we hold our legislators accountable. And if we, if you see legislators on that list that were not showing up and voting for these right issues and aren't champions, then we encourage you to join us in this next campaign where we can try to help elect pro-environmental and pro-environmental justice candidates into the legislature, because that's really how we make change. So we're launching a campaign called the GC Victory Campaign, where folks can sign up and help us elect not just one pro-environmental candidate, but a whole slate of them. So we'll be sending out information about that too. Yeah, that sounds super exciting. And just because a legislative session is over does not mean our work is over. And we really hope we'll see you out there this summer with us on the GC Victory Campaign. 
Do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about the scorecard. We talked about the election work, but we'll be back next year to engage in the legislative session. And I really want to encourage everybody to show up with us. So this year we had two different capital conservation days where folks could come and learn about lobbying and understand what their process and what their voice looks like at the Capitol. This is the people's house. Anybody can come. Anybody can set up meetings. And legislators are particularly interested in having meetings with their constituents. So we really hope that you'll show up and turn out with us next year as well. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. And best of luck with this campaign over the summer. And I'm sure I'll see you around the office. (laughs) The legislative session was a whirlwind. And now that it's over, we move right into the 2022 midterm elections, which is exciting. Yeah, that's Ali was just kind of talking about that. The primary election is coming up on May 24th in Georgia. So if you're trying to vote in that, you have to be registered by April 25th. Uh, and you can go over to gcvoters.org slash vote to figure out how to register to vote or change your registration and all that good stuff. Super important to be on top of that. Awesome. Yeah. And thank you to Ali again for coming on to our podcast for the second time now. Um, mm-hmm. She's the most interviewed um guest we've had (laughs) yeah she is she wins an award (laughs) um so in other huge news the ipcc released the 2022 climate change report and just to be blunt and honest it's really not looking good um the key takeaway is that we really have about three years to take major action to to reverse major damage from climate change and i know alexis you were saying yesterday every time in the ipcc report it's like you know, 20 years, we have to make change 10 years, five years. And now it's like, it's really getting down there. Mm -hmm. um, It's all over these reports. They're literally writing like now or never, like they're officially like, we got to act now. Yeah. And, and even with this report coming out, I really haven't seen much coverage about it. Um, yeah. So, but here's a statement from LCV president, Gene Karpinski. Um, they said first and foremost, the Senate must enact the House passed $555 billion investments in climate, jobs, and justice, which will be a crucial step in meeting our existing climate commitments. We must also heed the IPCC's warning that current global fossil fuel infrastructure alone will drive warming above 1.5 degrees Celsius. We must live up to our climate commitments, including ending fossil fuel subsidies and canceling the development of new fossil fuel infrastructure while supporting a just transition for workers currently employed in the fossil fuel industry. Putin's horrific war on Ukraine is a reminder that reliance on fossil fuels is dirty, dangerous, and unpredictable. Moving to a clean energy economy will provide greater economic stability, lower energy costs, create jobs, and achieve true energy independence, and is the only solution to staving off the most detrimental effects of climate change. So that was some powerful stuff there from Gene Karpinski, the president of LCV. Yeah, and this IPCC report definitely sounds grim, but... I don't know. I'm just trying to be an optimist about it. And I'm really hoping that this is just going to be eye opening for our politicians and other decision makers in powerful positions that we just really can't wait anymore to take action. And it's not on an individual level. This has got to be on like a big, large scale corporate level. And the time is now. And so if you do want to make your voice heard on this, you can go we have our own link where you can sign a petition on this and it's a bitly link. So I can spell it out for you. It's bit.ly slash 
build-back-act, uh, which is kind of long, but if you go over to our website, you'll be able to find it on there. And by signing that petition, you will tell your senator to pass the Build Back Better Act, which is a great first step towards ending climate change and gaining some environmental justice for our community. And if you'd rather make your voice heard in person, um, you can come join us at our Earth Day rally, which is Saturday, April 23rd. We'll be going outside the Georgia Capitol building in downtown Atlanta, rallying with dozens of other organizations to demand climate action from locally elected officials, Congress, and the White House. You can learn more by checking out our social media at GC Voters or by going to another bit.ly link, bit.ly slash ATL Earth Day. Yes, and we have that all over our website and our social media. So we'd love to see you there. I'm going to be there. Come find me. Um, if you find Alexis yeah, we... and get a photo with her, then you get a special yeah. prize. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Maybe you can be on our podcast. Uh, And so anyway, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning into Greater Greener Georgia, and we'll see you soon.